G'day, folks. Welcome to another edition of the Detour Live. We're going to recap uh, another huge day of Stage 11. Iffy the Oracle tipped Caleb Winnen, uh, Caleb Winnen, Caleb Ewan to win. Um, uh, <laughs> off to a great start, John. Um, but <laughs> we've got a very special guest, Iffy. We're going live to the team car. And we've got Matty Heyman, Matty Wilson, and Andre the Mechanic. Fellas, welcome to the show. Nice to be on the show, mate. Heard a lot. First time caller. Long time. <laughs> Good stuff. Maddie, you're uh, you're you're on the in the big game today in the front car, mate. Yeah, when uh, the chips are down, look, we the plan is to go up the road and uh, I think uh, both Maddie Wilson and myself are pretty excited to be in car two at the moment because we'll be in behind the breakaway. Um, yeah, so good. So far, we haven't we haven't been in many breakaways because we accidentally fell into the yellow jersey. Um, so now we're back to our original game plan, and uh, yeah, really excited about today. I uh, came down here and reconned this stage uh, in June, and it's going to be a real cracker. Who have we got uh, penciled in from the Mitchell and Scott boys to have a have a crack today? Uh, they're all going to be in the breakaway. Otherwise, there'll be no dinner. Um, and we're just leaving Gates <laughs> back in the bunch. So, look, um, it, it takes a real team effort to make the breakaway in these Tour de France, and you don't always get to pick. Um, but, yeah, ideally we have somebody who can climb okay, and uh, we have one or two of the big guys. Um, yeah, I, I'd actually – I'd like to see uh, Luca Mezjek get up there. I don't think he knows quite how strong he is, and he's climbing really well. He's been having a go in the sprints and it hasn't really gone his way this tour. So I think if he got in the break today, he might actually surprise a few people. Now, talking about breakaways, I remember a famous day at Torino when both you and Durbo were the only guys in the breakaway <laughs> and I was in the car behind and I <laughs> grabbed the microphone. I was giving you a few tips and I uh, yeah. miscalculated one of the corners. And I think I told you it was full gas. Yeah. And was it Durbo? I think Durbo binned it. We'll blame it on Dervo. I know 100% for sure that it was I who binned it. But, um, yeah, Dervo dropped it right in front of me and I went over the top of him. And um, so we, we did a rerun of that in the Tour de France a few years, a few years ago, actually. So Dervo and I are always keen for a breakaway. Um, but, yeah, today I don't think it'll be just two guys out the front. I think we're going to have a uh, have quite a big group. Just putting some markers in here. It's a little bit windy here at the start of the stage. So I'll just make sure that Team Car knows that. Um, but yeah, Durbo and I are always up, but today is going to be a hard fought. I think it'll be the who's who of uh, breakaways, your Thomas DeGent, your Alaphilippe's uh, up the road today. Um, how have you found the transition, Matty, from being a bike rider to a DS? Um, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of a lot of things uh, that I wasn't expecting, a lot of things that I didn't know were going on. I mean, just this morning pulling into the team parking and just the little things that you didn't know were going on when you're, you're just focused on being a rider. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of logistics that I, that I wasn't aware of that were going on in the background. Um, and then I guess the other big thing is being in the team car and not having the information. When you're a rider, you really know what the riders are feeling, you know, which guys are going well, you know exactly what's going on. And uh, when you're in the team car, you're just kind of guessing for a while until you're trying to piece together from little bits of information, little bits of television. Um, you're trying to piece together what's going on in the race. Iffy? <laughs> um, I was just going to say, uh, you must now have a lot more respect for what a, a DS has to do. Back in the old days, you were probably saying, uh, you know, easy piece of, piece of, piece of, uh, yeah, piece of cake. Yeah, look, it, it, it definitely is. And I, I've uh, told the boys, and, you know, I was I used to sit in the team bus and say, how, how hard can it be? And now I realise how hard it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a lot different than I, than I you know, kind of expected. And it's probably a good idea that the boys jump in the car every now and again and just uh, kind of, you know, see what's going on. There's a lot of time where there's nothing going on, and then there's periods in the race where it's really hectic and uh, you're trying to juggle uh, a lot of different things at once. Now, we've got a few fan questions coming in. Uh, one is from Alan. He said, it was amazing following Matt in the 2016 time trial. He stopped and gave his bottle to a small spectator on the side of the road 
then continued on to the finish. Is that true? Did you stop mid-race to no. give a bottle away? Must have been a different. Must have been. It doesn't sound like me. It must have been a different, Matt. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure, mate. Uh, I, I know we did have a did have some uh, some some Aussie supporters in the, in a couple of the follow vehicles at the tour. Um, yeah. Look, when you. Oh, we're having internet dramas, and he's gone. <laughs> oh well, we got we got a we got a good chat into Heyman uh, whilst whilst we had him there. Now, obviously, Iffy, we could not have Matty Heyman on without showing a snippet of the 2016 Paravu Bay. It's what he's really known for now. So this is the final of the Paravu Bay from 2016. Matthew Heyman has won two professional races. Tom Bowman 109. The odds are stacked against the Australian. That the underdog has gotten up before. One left to go. Oh, no, 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 no. Heyman nervously in second position. Tom Bonin is on the front. Van Mark is panting. But Van Mark knows what's required. He was second to Cancellara three years ago. Up the top of the track, so to Matthew Heyman. He's getting the run up. He's taking advantage of the potential dive. Go, Matty. Momentum onto the wheel of Tom Bonin. Come on, Matty. Come on, Matty. Go, Matty. To the wheel, and here comes Seth Van Mark. Tom Bonin is boxed in. Heyman is leading out. It's Stenard around the outside. Heyman with his nose in front. Bowman is trying to tell it. It's Matthew Heyman. It's an early birthday present. Heyman holding on. Heyman wins. And the yeah. freak's back. Ah, oh, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> and Matty. Both of us. Do you, how many times have you reckon you've watched that backstage now, Heyman? Be honest. Oh, yeah, too many, too many. Gets brought up. <laughs> is it like is it like shaving? Part of your morning routine? Just flick on the last couple of k. Uh, no, look. Um... It's actually becoming part of my memory of the race now because, you know, the actual memory of being there is kind of fading. And, uh, um, you know, when, when I think about the race, it, it tends to conjure up. Oh, hey, Matty. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, mate, I think Dan. What... I have, you know, it's, it's nice also to. Yeah, there's a bit of a delay. You're right, Ify. Yeah. I was going to say, I think, uh, Matt, I think Dan watches it more than you because he was a bit bigger in those days. And he looks at it now to see it because he uh, looks like he's lost some weight. What, then or now? No, now. You've lost weight, mate. You were bigger back then. No, it's a da- I'm wearing a black jumper for a reason, Ify. It's slimming. Um, but, yeah, obviously it was, a, it was a pretty special day. Have you trademarked the um, phrase always keep riding because it, it's – I think the the lesson also of Roubaix is is really good, particularly during a, the middle of a pandemic when people are looking for motivation. It really is a good clip when you're feeling a bit flat um, to to get fired up. And your story, you know, the perseverance that you had is is unbelievable. And he's gone. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, perseverance with uh, internet as well is um, is something that we we need to work on. Um, 
But anyway, we, we've got a massive show, Johnny. Like, hopefully, Heyman can reconnect at some point. And uh, we've put the feelers out there for Robert McEwen. But we also caught up with the voice of cycling, Johnny, uh, earlier today. And it's always good to, to have a chat with Phil Diggett. Now, before we started the interview, you had a few internet dramas, uh, which isn't new. And uh, you missed the, the opening couple of questions, mate. Um, hang on. Heyman's back. Hey. You there, Matty? Can I'm you hear us, best, buddy? Mate. I'm trying my best to be there. I'm trying my best. That's all right, bud. Uh, so how far how far away are you from the start? Looks like it's only about fifteen minutes to the start. Is that correct? Yeah. Look, we're we're fifteen k up the road now, so we're just finding a spot up the road, um, and we'll pull over and listen to race radio. Try and get some uh, some some images of what's going on at the start of the race, and then we'll decide. Kind of what we do from there if, if one of our boys are in the break we'll pull in behind the breakaway uh if not we'll just edge ahead in front of the bunch and uh wait to get the good so that 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 whole plan is is quite smart john because if you're all in the convoy behind the cars it's actually hard to get to the front so they're yeah. sort of yeah. preempting the breakaway We still, yeah, we've still got a few um, internet problems, but that's all right, mate. Um, no stress. We'll we'll check in with you um, down the track um, when the internet issues aren't as bad. So, um, yeah, no, no dramas at all. All right. Well, as we said, uh, we caught up with Phil Liggett. Just, just before we do that, I'm just I think uh, Robbie says he was about to come on, so we'll just see if we can get Robbie McEwen live. Okay. That would be great. So I've just uh, he's been texting me back and forth. Okay. So, well, uh, yep. Chuck Robbie in before we um, before Robbie comes in. Let's have a look at his analysis. Now Robbie is becoming quite the professional if he with the touch screen. Um, new technology for SBS Cycling Central this year. Uh, it's very much like uh, the old school uh, Channel 9 cricket commentary team when they put the circles and squares in. But he is absolutely excelling at this like a, a school professor. So this is his analysis of the sprint last night. As the sprint continues on, watch Sagan. He squeezes past Venturini. And then there's this moment, big talking point. Peter Sagan and Walt Van Aert. Sagan says, I don't want to be any closer to the barriers or get hit by a spectator. I need to make room. Shoulder into the hip and the ribs of Walt Van Aert. He makes enough room and he starts to squeeze his way through it. And already we started to think that's going to be a problem. Meanwhile, other side of the road here, Bennett straight through going for the line. He knows he's got the speed to pass the other two already, but lurking right on his wheel, coming out of the slipstream already and making sure he's making his acceleration on time today, not leaving it too late like he did yesterday. Caleb Ewan is coming, but it is going to go to the photo finish. So Peter Sagan squeezes through. Van Aert, he really holds on well. But as they hit the finish line, here's the evidence of who got it straight away. Look at the difference where the handlebars are from Caleb Ewan and Sam Bennett. While Van Aert squeezed out... Uh, pretty good analysis there from uh, Robbie. And um, before we go, Hamer's back. <laughs> this, this is like Roubaix. Like you thought you dropped off and the internet's dropped off and he's joined the front group again. Hamer is back. Well, I'm, just, uh, I'm just checking your uh, handiwork there, how quickly you can queue up a clip and, uh, you know, get talking on another subject while I'm so, <laughs> oh mate, over the last twelve days we've had that many dropouts. Uh, we've been we've become accustomed to that. Now we're looking at the sprint from yesterday, and uh, we've got a, a question from Vazzy. Uh, was Peter Sagan's penalty appropriate? Um, oh, what's your geez. thoughts on that, Maddie? Geez, that's a good question. Um, yeah, it's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, look, you know, those guys are crazy. We know they're crazy. Um, they all do it to each other. Uh, doesn't make it right. Um, yeah, a lot of the riders are, uh, are lobbying for, for safer races and safer courses. And, uh, you know, I think there has to be a level of respect amongst the riders themselves. So it was definitely borderline. Um, and, and I'll leave that up to the commissaires, but, uh, you know, I think they're feeling that, that there, there has been a general mood that, that the riders want a bit more safety, so they're going to come down on that. What do you reckon, Ify? Fair call or...? 
Yeah, no, fair call. He, he, there was no room. I mean, you can't just barge through and make room. If there's a little, if Van Ert had left a fraction of room and then moved over, yeah, he'd have a he'd have an excuse. But there was no room. He just said, "I'm going through." A bit, a bit arrogant, I thought. Um, now we've got Robbie McEwen, who's uh, setting himself up now. Robbie, can you hear us? I no? hear you. Hey, <laughs> how are you, mate? I can hear you, Dan. I've, I've uh, geez, I've got a lot on. Uh, you're a popular man. We've got, we've got the boys in the car. We've got uh, Maddie Hayman, and Maddie Wilson, and Andre in the back. Hello, boys. <laughs> now, Robbie, we're, we're doing you a favour, Robbie. You can start doing some. You can, you can start doing some research for your commentary now, mate. You can get all the insights you need about the breakaway. And, Dan, I don't do research. <laughs> <laughs> that's Keno's job, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm Robert, taking, I reckon I've taken 20 years off Keno's life by the amount of research I don't do. It, it's, it's like the classroom, you know, the, the sports jock that steals all the homework off the nerd. <laughs> Would you say that's a fair assumption? No, I just let him do the work. I, I I don't need to steal it. <laughs> that's spot on, actually. That's spot on. That's spot on. <laughs> yeah. So, that, uh, Robbie, the guys were saying that they're preparing for a breakaway today, and, and um, all the Michigan Scott guys are going to be having a red hot crack. Um, how do you think it's going to pan out? You there, Robbie? <laughs> We've got no so Heyman, you've you've got better internet uh, in the breakaway up the road. Southern France. <laughs> yeah, uh, Robbie's Robbie's oh, done. He's back. Back. He's back. <laughs> we I'm lost you, mate. Back. It's, uh, I don't know what's going on with the reception here. Yep. So um, we're just asking Robbie, what, what do you think uh, will happen today? What do you, what's your thoughts on what's going to happen today, Robbie? Oh, it's, it's got to be a break. And the only thing that would maybe um, pull a break back or at least keep it close and keep some pressure on the field is if Peter Sagan's in a real mood, if he's hell-bent on revenge after yesterday, that we might see something a little bit like what they did a, a few days ago uh, into Lavore, where, uh, where Walt Van Aert won the stage, rip the race to pieces, get rid of all the sprinters, get rid of Sam Bennett. Because if Peter wants a, another green jersey, he's going to have to fight tooth and nail. He's going to fight for every single point to try and drag him back. And it's got to start today. If he doesn't start today, I don't see him winning green. I think Sam Bennett can take it all to Paris. Just, it just seems that he doesn't have the condition this year, Robbie. And, and people are already talking that um, it looks like, you know, the best years have passed him. Do you think that's a bit premature given the limited um, lead-up races a lot of these guys have had before the tour? Yeah, Dan, I, I honestly think Peter Sagan's just underdone tour. His aim this state to do a while. He to do a really good Giro. He won it for once. Um, you can see why he, he never gets out of riding the tour. That's an obvious one. But he wants to ride the Giro. And it looks like he's coming to the tour underdone. He's only had the Dauphiné as far as race days goes. It was all mountain stages. It was only three days. And I think he's underdone. He'll get better as it goes on because, honestly, yesterday, if he didn't have to um, shoulder into Van Aert, if he could have ridden cleanly through that gap, I reckon he would have won the start, to be honest. Well, he's only lost it by a couple of inches anyway. That's right. But but as you know, Robbie, in the sprint, sometimes, you know, you, you don't have much choices but to swing the head around. <laughs> Okay, there, is, that, is, that, is that right, Jonesy? Is that in your experience? <laughs> in all of your experience. <laughs> oh, here we go. It's, it is like the schoolyard. Now the bullies are ganging up. <laughs> well, you stick your head in there, Jonesy. You're going to cop it, mate. Yeah. yeah, well, that's right. I don't know if, if Robbie's got Wi-Fi issues or um, he's checked out after that offensive <laughs> no, feedback. No, your comments. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Did you get that, Robbie? No. You got it all right. 
freeze frame. Freeze frame. You, <laughs> you got you got any other questions, Ziffy, before you lose a lung, mate? <laughs> oh, okay, whack on me, mate. Yeah, go for it, mate. Is that is that Alp Duez jersey you got on there, Ify? It is, mate. Yeah, oh, there you geez. go. I remember you went and picked one. You, you uh, went and picked one of them up for all of us at Top of Alp Duez. My first time I finished uh, on Top of Alp Duez. I did. I did. I did three three trips for you guys. Yeah, three trips to the gift shop. <laughs> exactly. Oh, this exactly. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, Robbie, you're back. I think. Oh, here we go. I think the uh, the dial-up internet at the hotel is becoming a bit of an issue. Um, you there, mate? <laughs> he's just going to he's just going to the another room. Jeez, this is sensational live streaming, folks. Um, we appreciate everyone just hanging in there. <laughs> any, any news over the radio, boys? Is it is a break formed yet? No, no, kilometre zero. They're not even at kilometre zero yet. Um, what time was stage start? It's just started. It's just now. started. Okay. So I got 4K of neutral, and then they'll be on the way. Yeah. All right. Well, we probably were going to chat to Robbie um, about the the sprint stage, but I think his uh, his internet's dropped off. So um, we'll have to come back to him another time, Johnny. Oh, that's a shame because yeah. uh, I really want to talk about last night's stage with him. But anyway. Uh, let's see if he comes back. Um, yeah, good luck today, fellas. And uh, we might try and Thanks, uh, touch, base, touch base with you, Maddie, um, along the route. If so, if the brake gets up the road and you get behind them, we'll try and, uh, and catch you just for a second uh, and get an update from you. We'll see how we're going. Uh, we're going to be out in the woods today, so there's not a lot of internet. But yeah, we'll uh, keep you guys informed. Well, just remember, know. the race is second. The detour live is the most important thing today. <laughs> yeah, all good. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. See you guys. Good night, fellas. No worries. Take Thanks, fellas. See ya. I don't think they quite got that last joke, Johnny. Um, no. no. Robbie, can you hear us? You're back, mate. You, have you found a pocket of, of 4G service in the hotel? No. Nah. Well, we're gonna we'll get we'll cut straight to the chase, Robbie, if you can hear me, mate. Um, because we've just been showing you uh doing all your your schoolmaster uh, um stuff with all the circles around the riders and the positions look fantastic. I want to get your thoughts on um Sagan's um um disqualification or, or uh, relegation. Robbie? No? I don't know what you're asking. Just so, uh, yeah, I said yesterday that Peter Sagan's disqualification, the, the whole incident, if that was in the 80s, nobody would have said a thing. If it was in the 90s, he might have got a warning. Early 2000, a 50-50 on Murray. In the in the teens and and especially now in in light of what happened in the Tour of Poland with Fabio Jakobsen. Okay, um, I keep telling you if we would need this yeah, sign language person. We've seen lately in a focus on safety. He was never with it. I honestly yeah. didn't. Bad. And you've got to watch it a number of times. You've got to watch it in slow-mo. Barriers were actually coming out a little bit onto the road barriers. And some Yeah, I think, I think the connection is, is pretty much dead. Um, I, th I think the, the crux of... Yeah. yeah, I'm getting the gist of what you're saying, though, Robbie. Yeah. yeah. A little bit too too small, but they've been really close to just letting... Yeah, um, yeah, we might we might have to um, might have to uh, yeah, leave it. leave it there. I think because the we we can only get sort of one word in every six. Yeah, sorry about that, mate. 
the um, the internet uh, is just continuing to let us down. Um, hopefully, when these fi- oh yeah, he's gone. These five uh, G towers kick in, John. <laughs> the D to alive will just be a, a seamless production. But I think what he's trying to say there is the the early days. You know, they'd let it go. But because safety is such a big priority now in cycling, um, they, they're going to come down hard on those sort of incidents and, and throw the book at them, yeah? I'm glad you could translate that for me, mate. That's very good. Thank you. Yeah, I just got bits and pieces. And then he's something about a selfie, selfie stick. But um, anyway, um, Robbie's just sent a text. He said, next time by carrier pigeon. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, let's go to our interview with Phil Liggett, the voice of cycling uh, from earlier today. Uh, I've got Phil Liggett. Uh, unfortunately, Phil, if he couldn't be here, and believe it or not, he's got technical issues. It's not like John, is it? Uh, Dan, John has had technical issues for at least 30 years, mate. This is no exception. But I feel sorry for him. He'd be so exasperated not being oh, able yeah. to speak. Um, Now, last time we spoke to you, record numbers on the uh, NBC coverage. Uh, Have we seen that increase or is it uh, holding firm? How's it all going? uh, I was so elated with the 20% increase. I've never asked the question since, uh, so I don't know is the answer. Here we are, sort of 12 days into the tour. And um, the figures are good, though. They're very happy because... It's difficult time share. It's very like much like SBS, but the other end of the time scale. Because just mm. as SBS guys are going to bed at two or three in the morning, uh, the guys in the United States in California they're getting up at that time. And I had an email this morning from a chap in Alaska who said, "Hey, don't forget to give me a shout out because I watch start watching the show at two a.m. in Alaska." Wow. So, so they do, for the, to get good figures, obviously we don't get huge figures in the first hour or two of the race uh, from that side of, of America. We do on the East Coast. Uh, and then gradually it's finishing at a great time. It's before people go to work. So the figures are pretty good then. Um, now, what's your thoughts on the race this year? Obviously the young brigade are, are killing it in, in the GC. Uh, yeah. Seems to be a big changing of the guard, mate. They've been threatening for a few years now, and I think this is the tour to prove it. The youngsters are back. It, it was hinted at last year, of course, with the great ride of Tade Pogaccia in, in the Tour of Spain, youngest ever guy to podium since the wars. So he's, um, he's doing pretty well. And although I think um, it had to come sooner or later, and I keep thinking that what Geraint Thomas and Chris Froome are thinking, riding in the Torino Adriatico, thinking, well, this is well, we're not there, perhaps, because those kids are starting to look rather useful right now. But it is the change in the guard. But, hey, going under the radar at the moment is the kind of resurgence from the French cyclists. Roman mm. Bardet is up there in fourth place. And well talked about by the French before the tour started was Guillaume Martin. Well, he's in third place and talking it, talking it all up. So uh, it's a very different tour and it's a very interesting tour. Now, one thing people might not know is when you were at the Tour Down Under, uh, you were giving an honorary uh, doctorate. So I think you're you're known now as Dr. Phil. Now, perfect time to ask Dr. Phil, what's the latest with the COVID situation, mate? Well, it's getting a little bit worse in, in the UK here. Um, I'm sticking to the rules because the pubs are open. Uh, but if I was to go in, you have to leave your name and address and telephone number when you go in for a drink. Uh and if somebody join the period you are in the pub is gives a positive, uh, then you're out for two weeks, and I can't afford not to be here. So when I realise that, I've not been near the pubs at all, just in case. But basically, we are on the increase with new cases. I think we've had about ten thousand in four days, uh, but very few deaths. Uh, only eight yesterday. I say only eight, but you know this is nothing. There's more than that get killed on the road in the morning in the UK. So, but they're very worried about the spike. France is even worse. France is coming up the scale rather rapidly, and they're getting uh, up to eight, 9,000 cases a day. Uh, there's even a rumour started to circulate in France, unconfirmed and totally denied, of course, by the race organisation, that the Tour de France would consider finishing on the last day in the Alps, which is Saturday week, and not mm. go to Paris at all, because Paris is a red zone. Everybody must wear masks in and outside. And and you're going to get thousands of people on the Champs-Élysées. It's okay, the riders will finish, but what will be the aftermath in the situation of such a gathering of people? So they're saying nothing, but that's the talk on the street. And I'll wait and see, because I don't want this race to be disrupted. 
But the, you know, the last day does nothing anyway, does it? So we could finish. Yeah. Interesting stuff there from Phil about potentially not riding in Paris if he. Um, Interesting for me too because I never heard it before when you were taping it, but I think I come in on part two. That's right. Part two, John finally gets his wife Johnny's back. Sorted out. Johnny, hey! Hey! Well, internet. Now, we're not asking the same questions now that Dan just asked me. Yeah, now we've covered all the current stuff and, and I mentioned how he's known as Dr. Phil now, so we've got the Dr. Phil <laughs> update on COVID. Hey, one other thing, Phil, is, is you're in the news in Australia at the moment because the right. government has announced funding for a documentary Ooh. on Phil Liggett uh, no, that no. will be coming out at the Adelaide Film Festival. Uh, and that, the voice is cycling, yeah. Well, that's the official poster. I'm, look, I'm, I'm flattered and I'm, I'm totally in awe. Uh, there's a company rang me up over two years ago now, two and a half years ago, and I was just going to the pub. I, turned, I saw the uh, WhatsApp come in. I quickly, I said to my wife, Trish, I said, hey, you know, I quite fancy this. People have been asking me to write a book for years, and I've been turning it down, but to have a documentary made in my life, so I, I said, that appeals to me. So I just wrote back a one line saying, great idea, let's talk more, thinking nothing more of it. And it came to fruition in the March. That was Christmas time. In the March, the camera crews hit town, followed me for nearly two years. Uh, wow. Two people, uh, to a camera sound man and a producer. It was just amazing. Um, and they saw my other life in Africa. So that's become a major part of the documentary, my life with the rhinoceros, and also with my life in South Australia, particularly with the koalas, and the, fire, and the fires which have destroyed them. So it's become a, a, a major documentary. It's finished. It's locked in. It's one hour and 50 minutes long. I was in tears when they sent me a rough cut, and Trish and I just sat privately and watched it. We were watching for any errors in the film, that's all. And I just loved it. I just I just couldn't believe it. Um, well, frankly, that I achieved so much in my life. I didn't, didn't even see it. It's, to me, it's just been fun and and a terrific journey, but they've made an incredible film out of it. And it will be launched, I think it's October the 22nd, it's around that time at the Adelaide Film Festival. And the Aussies get first crack because God bless the Aussies, the money come from Australia and it's cost quite a lot. You're almost an Aussie, mate. You're almost an Aussie. Does it cover? I feel I am. I, mean, I, mean, I know Australia like, like you guys, and I love the people, I love the cycle. I've watched the cyclists come through from real triers like the days of Phil Anderson, one of the most talented guys we'll ever know, from the long back history, Hubert Opperman and Russell Mockridge, uh, and and now to the tenor penny now, the Aussies in Europe, and everyone makes a reputation for himself. They don't come and make up the crowds, they achieve. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've loved to see the way Australian cycling has progressed. Does it go back to the, the 70s and the 80s for Phil Liggett? Because they were real sort of sex, drug and, and rock and roll period for yourself and, and it wasn't until sort of Sherwin come along that you really sort of settled down I heard really? <laughs> um, well they started off with my life uh, up in the north and there's a lot of pictures of me as a racing cyclist people don't think I ever rode a bike and um, and how I didn't turn take the pro contract and friendship that grew with Eddie Merckx etc and um, they traced my whole life story and because Trish has been part of my journey the whole way she's got quite a big part in it as well there's a nice scene of Trish. She's whatever she is. She does her dance practice because she dances all the time, uh, you know, competitively. And she's dancing on the deck with an elephant standing six feet away from her, thinking, <laughs> what on "Earth is that?" That's, That's awesome. awesome. No, it's, it's, nice it's, it's a lovely story. It's, it's fabulous. We've got helicopters in it where we chase rhinos and. I think it'll be. I, I thought you're wasting your time, taking, spending all this money on me. But now I've seen the show. I, it's just a nice film, and I, I sound very conceited saying it. I'm not. I, I really enjoyed it. Because yeah. you might have to get a penguin suit for the Oscars, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, imagine well, that. Yeah, if people think I'm making a fortune, there's nothing in it for me. <laughs> and the object of the film, I can to to unload what I might have done in a book, and I might still do one day. But um, no, it's. It's the two people who've burnt hours like I thought I worked long days on the Tour de France. These guys, uh, um, Eleanor and Nick, the producer and the camerawoman, they have been amazing. They're working every day from 6 a.m. and they work till midnight 
they've been in they've been locked down too in melbourne where they come from so they've had big problems finishing the film off they can't cart these big machines uh, back home they've got to be in the office to make the film and you well know damn what it takes to make a film mm-hmm. uh, it's come out they're so happy they're so happy oh, that's great yeah. we're really looking forward to seeing it Great stuff from Phil, and and part three is when John finally contributes something to the chat. Now, if well, you're going to contribute, yes, I got an invite to the uh, premiere, but it's in South Australia, and they won't let us Mexicans in there. So, no. I'll, I'll... it's a problem. <laughs> but don't worry, John. After you get a film, because you've got a part in it. Oh, no, <laughs> uh, oh, well, I tried to get it cut out, but they wouldn't hear. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> good, oh, good. So I, I missed the first part. So I guess uh, how can I ask that question? You probably already asked it by the sounds of it. I didn't ask uh, anything about Caleb or anything like that, John. No. So. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, well, mate, the, the race just keeps giving and giving. It's been a sensational bike race. So what did you think of of last night's amazing sprint stage? Oh. Well, in all fairness, Caleb spoke to us on NBC at the start in the morning, and the guy is so mature. He's, he, know, he, he has it all worked out, and with his team, he's a, he's a, a Jasper de Bruyne is his final lead-out man, and they are friends. They're real friends. There's a, there's a chemistry between the two of them. So the, uh, Jasper knows what he's got to do for Caleb approaching the finish. They both read the weather. They read the wind correctly. They know. They knew about the slight rise up to the finish. They knew it was going to be a headwind. They just knew it all. And this guy, given the right chance, I think is now the best sprinter in the world. And uh, and we watched him progress, jump through the Bay Classics and right through his Australian career. Uh, so we've had many dinners with mum and dad and Caleb uh, in the hotel in Geelong. And it's nice to see a guy come to the top like this. Uh, he, there's not many more shots left now. I mean, arguably a week next Friday, they might have another sprint. And yeah. uh, of course, in Paris on the last day. Uh, but uh, that's it. The sprinters have to just get to Paris now. Uh, a brilliant sprint. Sagan's getting a bit cheeky now. He's pushing his weight around a bit too much. That hole was never there until he made it. Um, exactly right. Exactly so, right. Yeah. yeah. I, and I feel sorry because Peter, just for me this year, he's showing the, the signs of tipping over the peak of his career, and um, mm. he's not sprinting as he used to. Well, how, I how thought you... that. I thought that until yesterday. But I've got to say, you mm. know, he actually sprinted. I mean, it suited him slightly uphill like that. But he was going. I mean, if he oh, yeah. if he had had if he had got through that gap without running, having to run into. Uh, um, uh, Van Hurt, he, pro- he probably he probably would would have won it. But I just wanted to say there's one thing I noticed yesterday that I really enjoyed the 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 friendly rivalry between uh, Caleb and and Sam Bennett. The, the, the way they punched hands, they're really good mates. Oh, I've got a photo of that, John. Look at that. Look at that. No, they are they are demons on the bike. Different characters. They both want to win, but they are very very good friends, and that's good to see. It's really good. Evidently, evident, they share. They they're in the same apartment block in, in Monaco, and uh, also uh, Caleb's married. Caleb's wife Ryan is is Irish as well. So there seems to be a couple of connections there. Well, there's two things I didn't realise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, just giving you ammo. We're just about uh, about two hours away from starting coverage. Um, it would be uh, six o'clock in the morning in the states when we start coverage today on this twelfth page. Uh, I'll use that. I didn't know they apartment blocking on the go. No. That's well, how, how do you go with the commentary, Phil? When it's people that you know and you've spent time with, does the death wells go up a little bit? Do you get that extra bit excited? I try not to be a biased commentator. Everybody's got to have a shot at and tell the story. Um, uh, but the answer is. Yeah, you know the guys very well. I used to be the same with Sean Kelly um, and indeed with Robbie McEwen because Robbie was a terrific sprinter and a very exciting sprinter. And Caleb takes a lot after Robbie. Always comes from deep down the peloton to win stages with an incredible turn of speed, Ewan. And, and Sargon takes after Robbie too with the headbutt. Well, you like water. <laughs> oh, dear, you've got a long memory, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, got the headbutt gag in again, Johnny. 
Um, <laughs> good thing Robbie's actually dropped off. Um, now, here's the last part of our chat with Phil where you re relive some earlier. Yeah, I, of, uh, I, I, you take me back now, Phil. I can remember um, you and I standing there watching the final stage of the of the Bay Crits. I think it was the Mitchelton Bay Crits back then. Yeah. And um, uh, in the 17, he was, young Caleb. It was his first That's time right. we spotted him. Sure and the last true. the last stage was in Williamstown. And uh, Alan Davis, who was a world-class road yeah. sprinter, had, had ran third, I think, in the uh, Melanson Remo that year. Uh, and he had a, a lead-out going with um, with his teammate from Green Edge. Um, come to me in a minute. Burbridge. No, 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 spread up. In the, oh, come to me in a second. But anyway, they came to the last corner, flat close. out. No. Close, but anyway, no cigar. Uh, and, and Caleb just stepped off third wheel and went yeah. past them like they were standing still. And he was only 17. And he ran yeah. second uh, to, to Alan Davis in that. And yeah. uh, Lee Howard, it was a Geelong boy who I should have remembered yeah. straight away. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Lee Howard leaning out, Alan Davis, flat out in the last corner. He came around the corner, stepped off, and just went straight past them. 17. Yeah. I thought, wow. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was yeah. the top. I mean, we all knew he was good. He's on stage with three tours. And um, yeah, to move on from the Orica Green Edge squad because they were changing direction in their design of cyclists they wanted so he had to make the move but my goodness me he made a good move and he knocked out uh, Andre Greipel to take his role as the top sprinter for Lotto Sudal and uh, it's paid off it's paid off. and they, oh, quite clearly the Belgian team love him they, they sacrificed everything for him and don't forget his team has been decimated here at the tour um, mm. you've only got again for the long-term pacemaking uh, the, yep. the other three riders uh, are just um the two riders, rather, are dedicated to look after Caleb because yeah. the team has lost a few riders with problems. Well, I lost John Deckencob and, uh, and Philippe uh, Gilbert, two not bad bike riders who would have been no. able to really do a lot for him. But, yeah, uh, but he seems to be going okay. <laughs> yeah, and then just before the rest day last, uh, last uh, Sunday, they lost one of the first timers in Steph Kras. Uh, so they've lost three riders off the team. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and he's still winning races. So now it'll be a different plan now, a different battle plan until we get to the uh, further down the road and we cross the Alps. Good stuff. Anything All else, right, Diffie? All good? No, no, that's been absolutely great to catch up again, Phil, as always. And uh, we'll, right. we'll make sure we catch up again in the last week. I look forward to it, John. I'm sure in my little box. I've got used to the drive now every day. We've got it down to one hour, three minutes, aiming to beat the hour when the first shot opportunity comes. Um, <laughs> now the kids are back to school. The traffic has increased as well. And um, but when you come round past London Heathrow Airport, the slip road that normally goes into the airport, I'm using as a shortcut. There's no cars on it. In the old days, you wouldn't uh, get down that road in less than 30 minutes, and it's only a kilometre long. Because they're yeah. all piling into the airports, the only way in. But I'm using it as a shortcut now and coming in. <laughs> That's a good story. It's a whole different world, John. It's a whole different world. Yeah, it certainly is, mate. Great to speak yeah. to you, pal. Thanks for joining us, Phil. Thank Good you, legend, guys. mate. Yeah, stay in touch. Bye bye. That was the voice of cycling, Phil Liggett. And uh, we're getting some comments in, John. We're, geez, we're doing our bit to sell tickets. Uh, Yvonne Bonnie Armstrong. I just bought a ticket to the Adelaide Film Festival to see it in late October. So there you go. There you go. And uh, Gary Ross says, "Morning, Phil. He's a legend." Uh, and then Michelle, uh, Michael Addison, Robbie, get off the country Vodafone network. He's <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of Sydney, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, now what, what, are they, what are those texts that came through before from uh, Alan Sovereign, who talked about? Um, Matty Heyman in the time trial, slow down, giving a bidden. Mm. That he, he was in the car with me. I remember that. I, that did happen exactly as yeah, right. he said. Yeah, yeah. So there you Good go. Bloke Heyman. Uh, now we better thank our sponsors, Johnny. Uh, Lexus of Blackburn. Go down and see yeah. the Moore family. Yes, uh, they'll be opening up very soon and uh, got the uh, best range of uh, of cars. And there he is, Jack Fowler, legend, winner of the first stage in the first Sun Tour. I've got the first yellow jersey. And, yeah, of course, and you're, whack, you're whacking in or you're taking it out now? No, no, I'm too scared. 
Mitchelton Winery and Mitchelton Hotel on the beautiful uh, Goulburn River in the Gamby. Make sure lockdown's over. First place you book in is the Mitchelton Hotel. Let's go, motorhomes. Yes, we've got that competition running, so keep those uh, questions coming. Let's go, motorhomes. Um, I think we're still running the early bird special at the moment, but we have got, they've sent us through, I saw an email, the early bird special, of some new specials that we've got to put up. So you All were right. CC'd in at 10, so make sure you do. But Andrew, uh, um, he's fantastic in it. Let's go, motorhomes. Yeah. Nice try throwing throw me under the bus there, mate. <laughs> That's funny. Off air chat. Um, all right. Here's a... I'm, I'm, I'm the let's go motorhome, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Here's a quick word from our mates at Bike Exchange. We are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns, and rides. Now, we were going to be chatting with Sam Bewley. Uh, unfortunately, he stuck. Can you see this? He's still trying to get um, his cast put on. So they sent him a message and said, oh, yeah, come down at um, 10 o'clock. This is at 9.30. He's like, okay, sweet. You know, that shouldn't take longer than two hours. I'll be able to get on the show. No worries. And he'd been sitting there for, yeah, an hour 45 and no one had seen him. So um, that's how they roll over there, unfortunately, in Spain. So we'll get um, Bewley on uh, tomorrow and we'll have a chat with him. Now, part of the preparation for the clips today for our favourite segment, which is... Roads? Well, we're going, we don't need roads. The Detour DeLorean. Uh, in 2016 at the Giro, uh, I said to Billy, all right, I'll go behind you in the team in the time trial, uh, and then I'll give you some information in your ear. I said, what sort of info do you want? He said, oh, well, you know, I want a little bit of Steve. I want a little bit of Lorenzo. I want a little bit of Whitey. So I tried to give him a bit of flavour um, from all of those three or four sports directors. And uh, this is what happened on that stage. Okay, Sam, plan today, as you know, we went through as uh, just a steady pace, mate, and get into a good rhythm. That's it, girls. Giving it some stick, mate, especially in this early part. Good job, Sam. Good job. Yeah, left turn ahead, full gas, full gas. Uh, Sam, it might only be 10Ks, but remember, eat and drink, mate, eat and drink. In fact, you've got no food, so just drink. Yeah, don't want to rattle you, Sam, but you got bloody movie star breathing up your butt, so you might want to open up the pipes there, mate. Yeah, come on there, Sam, you've got the push, eh? Come on there. Eh? Venga, Samuel, venga! Oh, look at these muffets. Get off the road. Come on, there. Five kilometre. Come on, there. Push. Come on. Calm, Bill. Right on the line. Don't you leave anything left in the tank. Yeah, look, uh, I didn't even take a radio, Jonesy. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So you didn't get any of that? Nah, but I'm sure it was good. <laughs> so that was a complete, complete waste of time. <laughs> but uh, things we used to get up to back oh, then. Oh, we, we got to see it, mate. We loved it. Yeah. Well, that was the year. I was, I was tossing up between playing that and the um, OGE um, when we had the Lego, uh, when the Giro wouldn't allow us race vision. So we um, we recreated the stages with Lego and Billy was part of the commentary team with Luca Mez Getz. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. But, uh, yeah, as we said, we'll, we'll reconnect with Bewley, uh tomorrow and, and see how he's travelling because, obviously, yeah, he's, he's pretty devastated by the crash and being his first tour. Uh, he would have loved to have finished with the guys in, in Paris for sure. Now, the time has come, John, where everyone wants to know who is your tip for Stage 12? Um, I think the stage would be underway, so this is probably yes, going to be live betting. Do you know who's underway. in the break? No, I doubt there'd be a break as yet, but uh, Matty Hame is going to te- keep me t- texting, but he hasn't texted me yet. So I don't oh, he said he would, happened. but he, he probably won't. No, he never lets me down. No, no, he's a man of his word, Matt Heyman. Is he? Yes, yes, very much. Okay. Um, I'm going to go for a little bit out there today. I did have – I was uh, I, I was leaning towards Sagan because he'll be up the road, but I reckon um, – I'm going to go for Daryl Impey. Yep. 
I think that's good odds. Not too good bad. odds. Twenty-three dollars. Okay, uh, I think Greg Vanama. Uh, I think he's he's. How'd you say it? I think he's Vanama. He's that's right. I think he's going to be pretty good value. Now there is a breakaway of four riders: Saint Louis Leon Sanchez, Imanol uh, Aviti, is it? Uh, Polet and uh, Washield. So, um, but they've only got uh, what do they got? Twenty six seconds, so they'll pull them back. Um, and well, then get joined. I, I, th- I reckon they'll have at least a dozen uh, up the road today. Yeah, and uh, congratulations to Billy as well. The social distance podcast, if he was, is number one on the charts in New Zealand. So I was going to talk to him about that. I, I think the time was pretty good, um, and it's neck and neck in Australia, Johnny. Uh, if you look at the social distance, is ranked 92, and the old detour rounds out at at 94. So it's it's neck and neck between those two. So make oh, sure we've got, you, we've got to get in front of them. So what we need people to do to get behind the show is make sure you subscribe, leave a rating, review. Um, you can follow us again on uh, YouTube, search the Detour Podcast, and also on Facebook.com forward slash Detour Pod. Uh, any final things you want to add, Johnny, before we go? Yes, yes. I, I ignored uh, Vazzy uh, when he put his uh, very good question through before because uh, uh, he asked about uh, uh, whether Sagan should have been uh, relegated and uh, yep. we haven't actually spoken much about that stage because I thought it was one of the most amazing final 10Ks, the most boring stage for most of it, uh, but the last 10 kilometres was just brilliant. And the five kilometres especially, they were all all out. And uh, uh, I thought Caleb was just brilliant. He got himself right near the front, probably even too far up towards the front for a while there, just snuck back in and, and, and rode beautifully. And uh, fantastic. To see the four best sprinters in the bike race across mm. the road, ha- you know, just a, a half a wheel between the whole four of them, it was just Amazing, amazing. Mm. Well, hopefully, um, you know, fingers crossed, all the COVID stuff doesn't impact that final stage, like uh, going on the back of what Phil said, because that that's sort of the last big chance for the sprinters, isn't it? The Paris one. Yeah, there is one. I think it's stage nineteen. There's one coming up. I think Friday week, which uh, it's it's lumpy. They might get through. There's a chance for them, but mm. uh, Paris, of course. Oh, look, they'll be racing in Paris. I think there's so many rumours have been going around and, and most of them are just, you know, people love a conspiracy theory. So yeah. I'll, I'll be in Paris. Yeah, all right. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. And remember, we're same time tomorrow, 7.30, uh, for another episode of Detour Live. Uh, go Van Almamart and you're on Daryl Impey. See how we go.